0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm running about NFL and Fantasy Football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now, check out my position rankings: quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, all that good stuff. Coaches are up now, and uh, also I have a piece up there that we'll talk about more detail here, looking at the eight intriguing rookie versus veteran running back battles for training camp so we'll break that down for you on today's show before we dive into that piece of content to start the week today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need that's rockauto.com check them out and we'll have more on them later in the show but for now let's uh dive in to these running back battles and uh a lot of question marks now with this off season, with uh, COVID-19, the restrictions there of uh, players uh, not still quite ready to do some things here. They have to clear some hurdles so they can actually get to practicing and competing in training camp. So all the players will report by tomorrow there, Tuesday the 28th. You'll have a whole bunch of uh, veterans joining the rookies who had to report early there. So... It's going to be interesting for sure. There's a lot of backfields that have a lot of interest for reality and fantasy. And that's what we're going to do here, break them down for you. We have eight in all. So uh, two pretty big ones right off the bat with uh, some uh, very intriguing backfield situations. And uh, so we'll get to eight in all here. So there's that many to monitor here that uh, are coming with some bit of uncertainty With the roles of the backs, Uh, we're not going down to say Darrington Evans is clearly going to be a complimentary change of pace back, do some receiving work behind Derrick Henry. He kind of has a role defined. He's not in direct competition with veterans. So we'll stop short of that, but uh, still plenty here to give you to go as camp starts. So let's start with the first round pick here, Clyde Edwards Hilaire of the Chiefs. He's battling Damian Williams, and we really want to know is... It's going to be a handoff here from Williams to Edward Solaire. Williams is a free agent in 2021, so clearly next year Edward Solaire is going to be the man here. And they kind of drafted him ahead of uh, next year, kind of knowing that. And Andy Reid, we know, likes Brian Westbrook, that type of player, from his days with the Eagles. LaShawn McCoy, that also shifty You get an open field and can make a lot of people miss. Jamal Charles type. All these guys have done well. Edward Slayer, the biggest question mark for him, is he big enough to handle the pounding if you put him between the tackles? And is he going to handle pass protection enough to get out there here? Now, Williams is very good at all these little things. Going back to his days as a Dolphins backup, very technically sound back. He does all the little things right. He blocks well. You can get him out in space as a receiver. We've seen that. He runs hard to get the yards that are there. He finishes in the red zone. And I think we've learned to appreciate that more ever since the Kareem Hunt uh, off-field stuff happened with the Chiefs. They'd rely on him more. Last year looked like uh, you'd see like Darwin Thompson or someone like that uh, take this backfield over. But Williams hung in there, uh, battled through some injuries of his own, played. He had Daryl Williams and these other challengers. But He's been the guy that's been steady here. And that's a hard thing to knock off when you know what you're getting from him. You've used him to win the Super Bowl. So you know that he's uh, that level of back for this explosive offense with Patrick Mahomes. So that's going to be the question mark here is how quickly can he adjust and adapt? Is he going to see mainly a change of pace receiving type role in certain situations? Is it going to be a lesser version of Alvin Kamara and his rookie year with the Saints? Those are all interesting things we need to see here. I think uh 12 to 15 touches, maybe, it depends on how the game goes, game script, if the Chiefs are ahead, and they usually are ahead with Mahomes and their uh, team, so that might hurt his Edwards player's usage a little bit there, but I think what he has to do is kind of creep into the Williams usage, where he gets to the early down situations, he is established and knocks out all the third down passing game duties here. Plus, he gets some opportunity to run hard and finish drives in the red zone, which he could do at LSU, but he was really known for his dynamic receiving skills. So right now, I would say it's a pretty even split leaning towards Williams, but at some point, I think it could wor- lean towards Edward Solaire. Williams has had uh, some injury issues. He can get be a little older. Edward Solaire a fresh legs here, so we'll see how all that plays out, but he's definitely going to have a role. He's going to be busy, but it is it going to be strictly past game or is it going to expand beyond that where we think he's a future status? But right now in PPR half point, I think it's fair to bump him up a little bit, but still he's a borderline RB2 right now, RB1, RB2 in that range. I would put him more 15 to 20 in that range for running back until we see what happens with Williams, and Williams certainly could go up at some point here too. The next situation we'll talk about is DeAndre Swift. Some people thought he should have gone the first round, the Georgia running back from the same pedigree. Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, and Sonny Michelle. He goes to the Lions as a second-round pick. We've uh, tried to monitor his progress. This is a hard backfield to read with Daryl Bevel calling the shots. He also had Matt Patricia, who's used to the Patriots' cloudiness with their backfield and rolls and all that. So he's battling Carrion Johnson, and Carrion Johnson's had the history of knee injuries here. He also was a second-run pick. They had a lot of big things planned for him out of Auburn. He's flashed. His uh, rookie year, he showed some good yards per carry. Not as much last year with the offensive line struggle. They kind of rebuilt that. They want their identity to be more about the running game. We know they're still probably going to open it up and pass quite a bit with Matthew Stafford and his weapons. But they need to have some stability in the backfield, something they haven't had for quite a while. It's a, a Lions a perpetual pursuit, it seems like, ever since uh, Barry Sanders retired early trying to figure out who's going to lead this backfield in what situations, what roles. Swift, we know can do it all. He's got an explosive burst. He's a good powerful receiver or a powerful runner and a powerful receiver. He's really adept in that capacity. Didn't do it as much at Georgia. Didn't need to with a lot of other weapons there. But Swift can do it all. He's complete. Three down back. They like his skill set a lot. Johnson is just trying to stay on the field. That's going to be a big issue with him and you can't trust a guy that's had a lot of knee issues here early in his career so swift is extremely talented he's way more talented i think than johnson overall talent tends to win out in fantasy football more often than not so again i could see johnson just being as a limited backup he's not exactly the most explosive receiver he's capable but i think he's more of just a straight up backup on early downs here for DeAndre Swift, relieving him there. But I think Swift could lean towards getting more of the receiving duty here as they pivot away from that. Uh, uh, Theo Riddick and those types uh, are not in this mix anymore. So a couple of young players, Ty Johnson, Jason Humpley, maybe uh, the other rookie that they drafted this year, battling for some uh, limited duties there. But it's going to be Swift versus Johnson. But Swift, I think, uh, has a good chance to uh, carve out something close to a feature role. Sometime soon, because you just can't rely... On Johnson here uh, to stay healthy, and that's the biggest thing we're going to watch with Swift possibly exploding into even uh, borderline RB1 status if he's going to get those type of touches. But right now, he's pretty much a back end RB2 until we get a little bit more clarity about this role. All right, so uh, there's two situations. We still have uh, six more to talk about here. We'll get into those in a moment, but I told you at the top this episode is brought to you by. RockAuto.com. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional storefront. So, why endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? You know you have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and, most important, prices you prefer. At rockauto.com, you'll find everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's in your classic or daily driver mode, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And Again, best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do it yourself. why spend up to twice as much for the same parts it's silly to do that when you can say by just going to rock auto go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need that's rockauto.com and we thank them again for sponsoring locked on fantasy football We'll continue here looking at the battles here uh, as uh, the Colts' situation will be next. All right, uh, we're doing rookie versus veteran running back training camp battles here, setting them up, seeing what they could end up being. Chiefs and Lions off the board. Now we'll think about the Colts here. Jonathan Taylor, this is another situation we're monitoring closely. Marlon Mack, still only 24, pretty good power back, very productive. Uh, Frank Reich likes him, Naeem Hines also in the mix. Hines was a very valuable receiver for this offense last year, so it's a hard guy to uh, get away from this offense. I think one thing is pretty clear that Jordan Wilkins is the odd man out in this mix with Taylor. Riving Taylor is a very good runner, very productive, as we know in Wisconsin, pretty storied career there. At a place that uh, produced a lot of top backs, he stood out even more beyond just the elite blocking they usually get there. He was very special, durable, also showed some pop in the passing game. So does everything well. Marlon Mack is really limited to being an early down kind of thumper, grinder, uh, can score in the red zone. You have uh, Naeem Hines. I think he's limited to being that receiving change of pace. So Jonathan Taylor is clearly the more complete back here. I think given Frank Reich's history, going back to the Eagles, it's a pretty situational split. So that's going to be frustrating at times here early. But I think Taylor has the the ability to cut into both the early down Mac power and Hines' receiving skills. So that uh, kind of favors him. And uh, you don't draft a running back of this caliber this highly if your team like the Colts is committee-based, if you don't plan to give him something close to feature back status at some point. So it's going to lean that way. Swift might get there before Taylor does, and that's why you want to be buyer beware a little bit with these guys in the fantasy football drafts this year. But certainly Taylor, just too talented, uh, can do everything. I think he's going to be a good teammate. Going to come up, run hard here. He can complement Philip Rivers well with his uh, passing game ability. So, again, Mac Hines. I think the frustration there is that you can't keep them on the field for all downs. You're not going to throw to Mac when he's in the game. You're not going to pound Hines up the middle when he's in the game. So, Taylor, you can do a little bit of both. Gives your offense a little bit more creativity, versatility, and complement the passing game now with Rivers, and uh, hopefully uh, T. Y. Hilton, Zach Pascal, uh, and Michael Pittman and uh, Paris Campbell, all healthy downfield to get the field stretched and uh, play off the running game. So, Taylor, we're going to watch, but again, swift, a little bit uh, faster path to uh, feature touches here with only one mountain to climb and uh, not the third option here like the Colts do. So, Taylor, however, uh, too good all around to think that uh, he's not going to see increased workload as the season goes on. The next team we look at are the Los Angeles Rams, and uh, they've lost Todd Gurley. they moved on from him, released him out of his contract. He's now solving the Falcons running back situation, but now this is a frustrating committee at first, it sounds like. Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown. You look at uh, McVay, he said we have three good backs. We want to put them all together and use them in different situations. I think they're going to be forced to do that because Akers, we know, is pretty good all around from Florida State, but it's a tough offense to learn right away. Henderson, they did uh, tab as a rookie last year because of speed, change of pace ability, but had some injury issues, Uh, had some pass protection issues, couldn't get on the field and be consistent. They trusted more Malcolm Brown in uh, critical situations to fill in for Gurley, especially in the red zone. So Brown, they do like a lot, but he's not that great. I think he's a little bit more than just a guy. Finishes drives pretty well, but uh, gets only limited yardage there that available he's not going to explode and have monster games for you henderson certainly has the cannon ability to fly out of the gate but can he refine his other skills and uh, stay healthy to be on the field so acres gives you a little bit of everything there a little bit uh, limited production of florida state but i think you can get better beyond this offensive line and also it's 11 personnel and uh using the two tight ends as well to help him so again You're looking at Henderson being involved because of speed situations. Brown uh, experience may be relied upon there. So Akers might see a slow time developing feature role. That said he could also be the feature role if uh, things fall apart. So something we're going to monitor closely here. It doesn't look like Brown is completely going away. Henderson is a bit boomer busty with his uh, kind of uh, skill set here, and we'll see how that uh, plays out for him. but. Again, this one's a pretty tight one to claw because of McVay. He's hinted at some Kyle Shanahan type of uh, spread it around in the backfield committee approach. So something we're going to watch carefully here with the repetitions for Akers versus the two guys that are already there. The next team we'll talk about, Baltimore Ravens, J.K. Dobbins. I really love J.K. Dobbins coming out. 55 overall for the Ravens. He can uh, really be a three-down player. We've uh, heard about that. We've seen it. He's excellent a runner, powerful explosive, a lot like DeAndre Swift. Can do it all, catch passes. Ingram is 30 years old, so keep that in mind. So he slowed down a little bit, 5.0 yards per carry, but he's best to be a complimentary back here. Uh, 15 touches are his max. I think Dobbins could push to get those away. Uh, You look at uh, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. They fall off the radar here for the... uh, Ravens as being uh, key players. Edwards is limited to being just an early down back. Hill has some good change of pace, quality, speed, but we didn't really see him used too much in, uh, in the receiving skills. So Dobbins really steps in. I could see Dobbins really being the lead, Ingram being the complement, and uh, Edwards and Hill kind of fighting for the other touches here in this uh, backfield here. And it, in the end, Hill could be expendable because of uh, the luxury pick of Dobbins. So I can... Uh, see him being a lot more explosive, wanting to pair him with Lamar Jackson, basically being their lead rusher there. He rushed about 12 times a game. So you got 15, 20 from the backfield. And I think you could see Dobbins uh, seeing up to 75% of them at some point, at least 50% should be headed to there. And maybe seeing 10 to 15 touches Uh, Ingram. You don't want to overwork here. He's more effective with limited touches. We've seen that with the saints. We've seen that with the Ravens. So, Again, Dobbins is definitely on a watch to have And It's not necessarily needing to be featured here because this is the league's number one rushing attack. Plenty of opportunities to go around and go to run very well, even without Marshall and up front playing off Jackson here. I think Dobbins does that best and uh, someone we're going to watch out for for sure. All right, so now uh, we've talked about five battles. We've got three more to talk about uh, before we finish up talking about the final three. Let me tell you to check out all the good shows here on the Locked On Network, especially Locked On NFL, our flagship reality show on this side of the channel that's uh, hosted by Brian Peacock featuring former NFL Scott Williamson. So check that out uh, here right as training camp opens. It's a good resource to bind everything together across league. That's Locked On NFL here on the Locked On Network, uh, our sister show. All right, we'll continue here uh, and close uh, looking at the Packers, Bucks, and Bills running back situations here in 2020. All right, uh, so let's uh, continue here looking at the Packers. This one might surprise you that we brought it up, but there's certainly a little bit of a battle behind the scenes behind Aaron Jones here. Aaron Jones unquestioned back. He's in a contract year. They're going to try to get him that long-term deal here, but A.J. Dillon was an interesting pick for sure. Uh, taking him as a second round pick here. So I was a bit surprised here when they did that. I really like Dylan of Boston College. He's a good power runner, but he's got some juice as well. So he's not just a plotter to me. Very physical runner, but can, can also run fast and has some good quickness. But now you look at uh, this uh, variety here. So it's a uh, mad news, I think, for Jamal Williams because Jamal Williams is a little redundant. With the skill set, with Aaron Jones, the passing game was a good supplement, I'll say that, because he was in a lot of similar situations. He just wasn't filling in where Jones was not doing. He was pretty much replacing Jones and getting some of the work there in the receiving game and uh, touchdown opportunities as well. So when you look at that with uh, A.J. Dillon, he provides that juice. Williams is not anything there that you look at there uh, that you get on early downs like that. He's pretty much get the yards you can. He's a very depth receiver, but you don't necessarily need that when you have Aaron Jones and uh, Tyler Irvin still in the mix, a little spark plug there, uh, Sproles, Rollish uh, type guy that they have as their number four back. So Dylan, again, would be a nice little compliment to Aaron Jones here because he can actually change things up. He won't be a ass in the passing game, like I said, but that's okay. I mean, I think you'll get some more home run ability putting him in uh, – like Jones, we know Jones is a special back with that kind of ability at burst. Williams doesn't provide that much. He's a little bit more than just a guy again. And uh, again, uh, Jamal Williams probably around for the little things he does well with his experience. But Dylan can show some usage and pass protection here. There's a chance that, to the point, uh, Williams gets demoted and uh, gets uh, maybe even cut here if uh, Dylan is that good. So something we're going to watch. But A.J. Dylan certainly in a good position to steal his number two clear duties. To uh, support Jones in Green Bay. The next team is the Tampa Bay Bucks, and this is Keyshawn Vaughn. We're going to pump the brakes on Keyshawn Vaughn as he battles with Ronald Jones. Doesn't look like the Bucks want to change things up too much in their backfield. I don't think they need to, too much. Their passing game is elite, so they just need to have some. A little bit of a semblance of running game and some effectiveness there. They do have Ronald Jones, who they like better and push to be the early down guy. Dario Ogumboale, we know they like him as a receiving back. So we know that Tom Brady, he's a situational type quarterback with his running backs. So again, if they're okay with Jones and Ogumboale putting things together, a little bit of Vaughn being his little swing backup, uh, kind of in limbo here, I think they'd be fine with that. So we're going to pump the brakes certainly on Vaughn. He had a lot of hype early as an R B. Two, that's for sure, because of the offense and Brady and helping him out and all that stuff. But we're not sure what his role is going to be in the early downs. We're not sure what's going to be in the, in the receiving situations. He's capable of all of that. So he does have some feature attributes there that I don't think Jones or Argan have. But again, the Bucks with Arians might be just settling for that. And it's all about Tom Brady. Who does he have the most trust with? Here in the backfield, maybe Jones will be in the doghouse with his pass protection. He'll trust Bowale more as that uh, James White type player. And uh, you'll see Vaughn uh, step in and get those early down looks a little bit more and ability to finish in the red zone as well, which would really boost his uh, ability to produce in fantasy football, given this offense could be rather prolific here in 2020. So we're going to watch that, but certainly Vaughn seems to be fading a little bit versus these other backs. And keep in mind, he was drafted after all these other backs we've talked about here so far finally we'll talk about the Bills situation this one is uh, causing a little bit concern for fantasy football players that's Zach Moss the third round pick from Utah joining the third round pick from uh, Florida Atlantic that's Devin Singletary so Devin Singletary was very good explosive last year very uh, good receiver good 15 touches per game when healthy so they used him a lot they like him a lot He's a very good receiver, again, explosive, can do that. But they also lost Frank Gore, and it's pretty clear here, is going to be in his role, but they need someone to kind of replace Frank Gore in that role on the power roll, swing a little bit, uh, be a little bit more effective. Uh, Gore was okay, but still plotting a little bit older. Well, you have Zach Moss, who can be explosive, has some juice in the passing game, looked very good to Utah, hit some home runs, but also strong, compact power back here. So when you think about that, uh, i think it's going to be pretty easy to kind of decipher this backfield single uh, singletary is going to get the bulk of the touches he's going to get pretty much all the receiving work moss can cut into a little bit but singletary figures to be the main guy used a lot like he was last year so for those hoping for that singletary would be simply unleashed and see uh, see major role that didn't quite happen with the drafting of moss to replace gore moss is going to see some of that early down goal line power work as well as uh, being able to get the touchdowns away from Singletary. So, again, Singletary still has a lot of appeal, half-point, regular PPR leagues. He's the back I would like as an RB2 from the Bills, but I think uh, Zach Moss has some flex appeal here, in uh, especially in standard leagues where uh, receiving is not as uh, prevalent here in their production. So, keep that in mind. But, uh, yeah, setting to a very situational split that's common in the NFL, having uh, the more passing game, explosive uh, change of pace, back and then having the more power oriented back here in that that case that's moss versus singletary in buffalo here for you so there you have it there's a look at the, the eight compelling rookie versus veteran running back battles here in training camp but you need to know for fantasy football see how they turn out so we're going to keep tabs on all those give you updates as we see fit and you need them there so uh good stuff there we will uh Tell you how the rest of the week is going to go here on Lockdown on Football. We'll uh, step in uh, to the battles at uh, wide receiver they will be watching. Then we'll look at uh, running back battles. And then uh, we'll turn our attention to the latest uh, AFC and NFC News and Notes. We'll do two shows there. Always a popular uh, catch-up show. And we'll do a couple of those at the end of this week. Once uh, teams are reported training camp. And uh, the table is kind of set for uh, what their agendas are as uh, teams here in 2020. So, Good stuff. Looking at battles, we'll do that uh, for uh, next couple days, and then we'll turn to the updates there. So we're always going to bring you some good stuff. We know that uh, on Locked On Fantasy Football, there's always something happening here, and this is how we're going to get you to be fantasy football experts for Locked On Fantasy Football. This is Vinny Iyer. Now, tell your smart speaker to play the most recent episode of Locked On NFL. Have a great day. See you tomorrow with a look at the notable wide receiver battles for 2020.